contracts, salary caps. Why do our favorite teams make some of the moves they do? It's usually the money. It's time for the business of sports with Andrew Brandt. Hey, it's Andrew Brand. Welcome back to another edition of the Business of Sports. This week, I have Sally Jenkins, longtime respected writer for the Washington Post, talking about a column she wrote about Tom Brady hiding concussions, at least according to his wife, Giselle Bunchen, and Drew Brees saying he would do the same thing. Kind of a missed opportunity for these stars to really be a beacon of light for youth football in general and talk about it's not right for all people, maybe them, but for all We'll get into that with Sally. Really interesting podcast on its way. First, a word from Harry's. With Father's Day just around the corner, Harry's fills the need. Dads are tough to shop for. And our friends at Harry have a special offer for you at Harry's Shave Club. The shave set makes the perfect Father's Day gift. It feels special, but it's also practical. You get two shave sets. You could use one for yourself, give one to dad or someone you know. I love Harry's. It's got a great, comfortable feel. Never get a cut. The aftershave smells great, not too perfumey, but smells good. So go get your shave set. They start at $15, not to mention the $5 off when you go to Harry's. You get a razor handle, you get the moisturizing shave gel, and three of those five-blade precision-engineered razors. So go to Harry's right now to redeem the special offer of the show. Harry's will give you $5 off the shave set, one-time, limited offer, act now, Go to harrys.com slash sports, all caps, S-P-O-R-T-S. You get $5 off and you help support the business of sports with Andrew Brandt. What I like to do is sort of bring on people I know, respect, like friends, colleagues, people that are industry leaders talking about issues that are important in sports, in sports business, sports law, sports thought, sports policy. And one of those is Washington Post columnist Sally Jenkins to talk about some issues in the news recently about Tom Brady and the issue of potentially hiding concussions and a bigger issue beyond that, what it really means about the concussion problem in the NFL and other sports. So welcome to the program, Sally Jenkins, good friend and colleague. Hi, Sal. Hi, thank you for having me. Always good to talk. I noted your column on Tom Brady, but I really enjoyed your perspective we learned from Tom Brady's wife that, according to her, we assume his closest confidant, that he has hit concussions, whether it be last year or in the past or some combination thereof. And it's sort of, as I wrote it, I'm sure NFL executives spit out their coffee when hearing that. But talk about your response to that, what you saw as kind of an uh, inflection point from those comments for Tom Brady, for Drew Brees, for stars, and for all of football. Right. So, so shortly after that, you know, that what Giselle said sort of sparked a national conversation and you had Drew Brees jumping in on the Dan Patrick show saying, yeah, I played with a concussion that I wasn't treated for or told anyone about. And then Calvin Johnson came out and said that he'd done that on probably multiple occasions. Uh, You know, and so the inflection point for me is, you know, I understand the competing pressures that NFL players are under. You know, Tom, Tom Brady doesn't need any more money, but he's certainly well aware that there are plenty of other guys on the team whose livelihoods depend on his performance on the field. And I understand that he doesn't want to let any of those people down, and he takes calculated risks with his health playing the game of football. And those are his personal choices, and I respect them. However, I do think that the NFL player has a responsibility to the high school player to say, 
you know, that might be an appropriate or necessary choice for me because of the circumstances I am in. It is never the appropriate choice for you at your mm-hmm. age. And, and that, that to me is, is where, where we need to bear down a little bit and think, think hard about, uh, you know, how we talk about concussions. It's, it's, not, it's not good enough for Tom Brady and Drew Brees to sort of send these kind of dog whistles about manliness. You know, real men play through concussions. Yeah, and I think the NFL has been trying to get past this play-through culture where it is, like you said, the macho, tough guy, you play through concussions, and that was depicted, and, you know, the League of Denial, the concussion movie, all those things, they think, we think they've gotten past it, but then this throws a hitch. I guess the question becomes, with all these stakeholders, Sally, you mentioned the stars like Drew and Tom, but... The league, the union, the teams, the medical staffs, what, what is their responsibility and what can be done to sort of keep this play-through culture at bay that has existed for so long? So, so I'm no great admirer of the NFL as a business organization, but I do think on this subject they, they deserve, you know, uh, commendation. They've changed rules to try to right. take the head out of the game. They have limited contact practices. I mean, they have been pretty uh, aggressive in terms of, of, you know, just lately um, trying to protect guys' heads. Um, you know, now there's more that can be done maybe with helmet technology and all of that stuff. Um, and, and I think there's something that could be done with guaranteed money and contracts. If, if NFL mm-hmm. owners are really concerned about this, they can provide more guaranteed money and contract structures to take some of the pressure off of guys to play through injuries. Um, but I, I don't think you're ever going to solve the NFL concussion problem wholesale. You know, to me, concussions are sort of like black lung in the NFL. It, it's almost like a, um, a, an industrial disease. Uh, and I think maybe we might be smarter to start thinking of it in those terms. Um, what, what we, mm-hmm. The other thing we can do is we can, we can look at the structure of, uh, you know, how medical staffs are paid in the NFL. So, you know, go to something that um, a system where you have truly independent uh, physicians on the sidelines, not just one independent neurologist who might have to fight through trainers and, and res, you know, medical staffs that are paid by the teams, but the entire crew should be probably independent um, medically. I mean, I, you know, I think you, you could make some changes like that. But I also think we have to acknowledge this isn't going away. This is an occupational hazard. Um, so the key word there is occupation. Um, you know, the guys who are in this occupation and being paid have to make their own decisions and choices and deal with their player union and the other stakeholders about that. But high right. school players and youth football players and college players are not occupational workers. And that's the, the, the messaging to them really has to change. It's incumbent on everybody, it seems to me. But you and I have been athletes. We know athletes at all levels, from youth athletes all the way up. I think we all have this default setting that we want to play. And yeah. as, as we've noted, concussions are silent injuries. It's not like where you have an ankle you can't walk on or an arm that's hanging off if you've done something your shoulder or your elbow guys can play through and unfortunately have learned to hide these things. So I guess we're sort of replaying the same issue. How do we get to a point where 
there's incentive to do the other thing, incentive to sit out, incentive. And as I said, I don't think it's a contract. We all talk about contracts and they want to play for the next contract. But this goes on at youth sports. This goes on with, with guys who don't worry about contracts like Drew Brees and Tom Brady. It does seem, as you're mentioning, kind of more institutional than anecdotal. And I like what you said earlier um, in the week, you know, this past week, I think you said that even a Tom Brady has almost a primal fear of being replaced on the field. You know, right. um, yeah, I, I think there's a lot to that. You know, I, I think that's the real heart of the matter. And, you know, so youth football players have that too. And so do high school players. And that to me is why it's important for the influencers here, the, the Drew Breeses and the Tom Brady's to, 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 you know, take an active role in explaining to youth football players and high school football players, you know, I know how you feel. I, of all people, know how you feel. But I am telling you, we have to change our attitude about this because we now know that it's not about, you know, eliminating the one big hit to your head in an NFL game. It's about reducing the number of subconcussive blows you will take over the course of your youth football, high school football, college football, and potentially NFL career. Um, you know, the, the best people to talk to them about this are the Tom Brady's and the Drew Brees's because they understand this syndrome that you and me are just talking about. And like you said, we can have uh, education and we can have all these good things. We both have acknowledged the NFL has done and in their collective bargaining with the players, reducing contact, 14 contact practices a year it used to be 14 over a month. So I think that's all positive. The question becomes, what else can they do? Now, I've heard over the years about potential censors. And the censor idea is after a certain number of subconcussive hits, they're removed. And you can theoretically talk about that. But then if you're a business partner, if you're a fan, if you're media, do you want some trainer to say to Tom Brady in the third quarter, you've had enough, get out? And that's get back to your issue about truly independent medical staff. I think you've got sort of concerns here. You've got business, you've got medical, you've got all these things rolled into one. Right. And, and you know, the sensors, the technology could be a, a big help. But, I, I, you know, I think, I think you're exactly right. You know, who, who in, the, in, the, in the business of the NFL and, and, and any of the partnerships of the NFL, whether it's ESPN or NBC or, or Fox, wants to see – you know, a Hall of Famer come out of the, the, the biggest game of the year in the third quarter, you know, yeah, that, that, is, that is the heart of the matter, right. too. But I, I think, again, I, I don't think, you know, if, if Tom Brady wants to make that calculated risk, if he wants to do that calculus between winning a Super Bowl and the neurons that he may destroy doing it, like, okay, that's his choice. I'm okay with that. He, mm-hmm. It's called informed consent. He's assuming that risk. And that's between him and his wife and family. Um, As I say, I'm not so sure. There are some things we can look at, like technology, but I'm not sure we'll ever eliminate that decision in the NFL. I don't think we can ever fully take that decision out of the hands of the player and his team. So, So let's acknowledge that realistically and say, okay, so what can we do to make sure that the guys who get to that level are healthier and might have a healthier future? Let's spin back to where we started. What would you want Tom Brady, Drew Brees, to say to a national, international audience about this? 
the NFL is a business and it's an industry and this is the occupational hazard. Uh, but that's all the more reason why you who are not yet playing this game uh, as a paid occupation, you have to do everything you, you can to, to preserve your brain health. If you want to get to this level and play to the age of 40, like I'm doing, uh, you know, uh, and still have some hope of, of being a, a, a operational husband and father after you retire. Uh, you know, I think those right. sorts of very frank messages, you know, I think it's okay. I, I don't think we should stigmatize guys for playing through concussions at the NFL level. For You know, if a guy feels he needs to stay on the field for his own sake or for his teammates' sake, they're adult men. They know the risks of this game. Um, uh, you know, I'm okay with them making that decision. As, as I said, you know, um, what I'm not okay with is them sending the message that it's appropriate for everybody else. It's not, it's just not. And now we do get back to the business though, because the NFL is very protective of youth football and don't let anyone tell you you shouldn't be playing and the game's safer and heads up tackling and all these things about getting youth into football and avoiding, or I guess, um, fighting against the narrative of mothers don't let your sons play football so it does get into bigger issues i I think like you said and i'll let you speak we need to be adults about this it's okay for someone who is at that level to tell youth football it's not right and not worry about is this going to affect the future of football i mean it's it's to me it's as basic as say you know a high-rise steel worker you know uh he you know he, he climbs up really tall ladders. Uh, you know, he takes that assumed mm-hmm. risk, uh, you know, because it's his occupation. And he's got workers' compensation to deal with it if he gets injured. And he's got, you know, union protections. And so, you know, he makes a, a decision that's appropriate for him in his circumstances. But you don't let, you don't let a kid, you know, climb that ladder with, without, you know, without supervision, without proper safeguards, you know, so I, to me, it's as basic as that. And for the, for the NFL as a body, whether it's the players or the league or a vice president of health and safety to send the message that it's okay for kids to play helmeted tackle football, when all the science says they really shouldn't be doing that. You know, I, I have a real issue with that, you know, that goes way beyond what Tom Brady may decide to do with his brain health. You know, we're messing around with the brain health of children. And do you see my final question? Because this is brought up all the time. Do you? We've seen no diminution of football interest ratings. I mean, to me, it's like a drug. We're mainlined at a young age. We love the NFL. Do you see any lessening of that in the future due to this issue specifically, um, where people talk about football may go the way of boxing? Which you know, that's an extreme example. But those things. I don't. I think the lessening of interest, um, if, if, if there's some weakening in the, in the NFL market um, as far as ratings and, and so on, I, I think that's such a, you would know better than me probably, Andrew, but mm-hmm. I think it's a very complicated mix of audience fragmentation, cord cutting, distrust right. sown by the commissioner over some issues, uh, not just concussions, but, um, you know, the, just the way the commissioners handled some things, I think has probably undermined, you know, the, the audience, the basic audience trust and the integrity of the, the corporate organization. Um, you know, I think that's a, a somewhat of a factor. Uh, you know, the games, the rules have gotten absurdly, you know, they're trying to do something about that, you know, this past week. But, you know, the rules had gotten truly irritating. Mm-hmm. The games had gotten too slow. 
I, I think it's a brew of, of several different problems. You know, I, I think the, I suspect the audience just based on the fact that mostly you hear crickets after a book like League of Denial comes out. Um, I think the audience sort of makes the same decision the players do, which is this is an assumed risk mm-hmm. and an occupational hazard of the game. And we, we accept that and we accept that, that this is part of watching these guys uh, play. And we're, you know, we, the audience has decided they don't feel all that guilty about it, I think. <laughs> I agree with you. And, 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 and last question is the talent base, because we hear about mothers holding kids out of, of football you know, having been in front offices myself and seeing the thousands of DVDs we get every year just hoping for a tryout, I don't think we're ever going to have a, a, a talent base that's not enough. But do you think there's some kind of, whether it's socioeconomic, where we're going to have this sort of uh, reduced talent pool because of concussions? Does that have any weight in your mind? I mean, the NFL seems genuinely concerned about that, so I have to think it's le- it's a legitimate concern because I don't think they'd waste so much time. But, uh, if you look at, you know, okay, so what is their allegiance to the relationship with youth football? Why are they not putting forth a more responsible message mm-hmm. uh, about helmeted contact football for kids under the age of 14? And the only answer I can arrive at is they, they are genuinely concerned about their eventual talent pool and also the weakening, the eventual generational weakening of loyalty um, if parents start right. withholding their kids from playing tackle football and those kids become baseball players or soccer players. Um, you know, so, so yeah, I, I think they are facing that. I, I sort of trust their behavior on that. I, I, I think there, there must be a legitimate concern that that could be in the cards for them someday. You know, I think the NFL's future it's going to include a, a lot of ongoing litigation, a lot of fragmenting of the mm-hmm. audience and the, their sinecure as the most popular, you know, almost, you know, drug, um, drug like addiction of, of a sport with American audience. I, you know, it, I, I do think these complicated factors could affect that in the long run. Um, and that is why they're being so stubborn on the concussion uh, issue with children. Right. Sally, it's been great to have your insights and your uh, your respected voice and a thought leader on this. Really appreciate it well, and you, uh, hope to have you back on the podcast soon. It's mutual. Thank you so much for all. You're the smartest man in the business. It's always a pleasure to talk to you. <laughs> Thank you. I'm a mutual fan club here. <laughs> appreciate it, Sally. Okay. Great stuff with Sally Jenkins. Just a, just a really interesting voice about where we are with concussions admittedly hard to blame the NFL. You don't know what exactly they can do. But again, if she compares it to black lung disease, I know that doesn't resonate well with people that love football. But again, the occupational hazard nature of concussions, great stuff with her. I'll be back next week with another edition of the Business of Sports. You can tune in RossDucker.com, tune in Stitcher, iTunes, wherever you hear your podcasts. Follow me on Twitter. I'll be back next week with another edition of the Business of Sports with Andrew Brandt. Thanks for listening to the Business of Sports with Andrew Brandt. Make sure to subscribe to this podcast so you never miss an episode. You can also get additional insider insight by listening to the Ross Tucker Football Podcast, Fantasy Feast, Even Money, and College Draft Podcast, all at RossTucker.com or wherever podcasts are found.